The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is my friend Stephen Bryla. Hi, Stephen. How are you? Hey, Tara. Good to be here. <laughs> nice to see you. Pleasure. Yep. Um, especially in your outfit. I know no one can see your outfit, but you're all dressed up today. Normally, when I see you at Go With The Float, you're in your more casual work attire. Shorts. Yeah. Toe socks. Yeah. Well, Sandals. for all you who uh, were wondering, our no Tara is a, a fashion... Um, What's the word? A fashionista. Maven. fashionista. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm, I got to wear something for Tara. It's the I'm, least I can do. I feel so lucky. So I noticed first, right? You got yeah, out yep. of your car. We met she in the did. parking lot. And I was like, okay, what's the occasion? Who do you have a hot date with? What's going on? Just trying to impress. Yeah, I love Dressing it. to impress. I love it. If everyone could see you, have to take a picture. Post it on our sure, website yeah, so everyone will see you yep. in your fancy clothes. Um, so Steven, you are an entrepreneur mm -hmm. in East Hampton and you own Go With The Float. What is Go With The Float? Uh, Go With The Float is a space where you can come in and experience uh, the float tanks, the sensory deprivation tanks. And let me just kind of walk through real quick, like a, the experience of coming in. And yeah. What is the sensory okay, deprivation? Yep. And So, okay, you come on in to go with the flow, and I will greet you with my gym shorts and toe socks and flip-flops. <laughs> You're looking and, cute, yeah. but it's with, definitely with, casual yeah, cute. Yeah, with a vest up top. <laughs> and um, Dressy up top. Dressy up top. Cash down below. Cash down below. <laughs> and Because well, when we're spraying the rooms and stuff, i got to be moving. There's a lot I'm of water, wet. Okay, a lot yeah. of cleaning products. So towels. We, yep, towels, salt, salt people. everywhere. So <laughs> we help you feel comfortable, have you answer some questions. There's a quick like little waiver thing, and then we'll take you into the room, have you use the restroom first, explain everything, give the whole rundown. And then when your session begins, so the what is the floating, you take a shower before um, and you float in the nude. That's something that some people don't know. They ask, do we have to wear a bathing suit? It's best to go nude because you don't want anything like, um, you don't be feeling anything on your body, such as like um, clothing, obviously bathing suit, jewelry, because that's going to bring you back into your body. And the idea is to kind of like lose track of that boundary. So you float in the nude in the water in the tank. It's um, just about a foot of water and there's 1200 pounds of Epsom salt. So it's so buoyant that you float on the surface and the temperature of the water in the air is skin temperature such that you lose track of that boundary like I just mentioned. Sometimes you can kind of lose track of your boundary or, or of your body. And um, it's quiet and it's dark. You, When you get in the tank, there's a light on so that you can see. And then when you're all situated, you turn it off. Hence, like, you know, giving an experience of as much uh, sensory deprivation or lack of environmental stimulus as we can provide. And then when your time is up, we pump in some sound. It starts uh, soft, gets louder, then a red light will come on, and then you exit the tank, take a shower, get changed, and then you can come hang out with us, hang out by yourself, drink some tea, and just um, relax in your post-float vibes. So what's the tank like? This is Joan Holiday. Hey, Joan. So <laughs> that's a good question because there are many different tanks. And the number one deterrent from keeping people in the tanks is like the fact that it's an enclosure. And so a lot of people will, you know, cry claustrophobia once we start talking about floating. And the, the tanks we have are we actually refer to them as cabins. So they're big enough to stand up inside. So there's a really good depiction on our website right on the homepage. Um, there's a, a video that you can go 
see. And there's a um, shows a young lady taking a shower, getting in and out of the tank, and um, it, it gives a good depiction of, like I said, how tall it is, and it's probably like seven feet tall, about four and a half feet wide and eight feet long lying down. So it's really spacious and you can exit and enter the tank at your own will. So it's not like we're locking you in there for the hour. Like you're in complete control of the experience, which is something people with claustrophobia don't realize. They just think of the the small space, but it's really having control in that space, like an airplane or an MRI machine. Like if you want to get out, you can't. And that's when you panic. So people who um, struggle with um, fear of small spaces in the tanks, once they try it, um, they're fine and they look forward to coming back. And so the thousand pounds of Epsom salt, why a thousand? It's just like the formula for like the water to salt ratio. So I don't know if for anyone out there who's um, familiar with specific gravity, we keep the specific gravity of our tanks around. 1.27 1.27 and 1.28. It just makes it such that the the human body is going to be the the water is denser. So now you're you're floating on the surface, um, and it, it's different for different tanks. Like ours actually have 1,200 pounds, but it's because they're on the bigger side as opposed to some of like the um, the pod type ones, which are a little smaller diameter. So they don't they don't require as much salt. Yet they have the same buoyancy, specific gravity because they don't have as much water. So are these tanks still referred to sensory deprivation tanks? Is that still yeah. a thing? That's that's what I like to refer to them to because it kind of gives a good depiction of what it is in the title itself. A lot of people will call it floating. That's what that's what the industry calls it. It's the float industry, floating, floating. Because sensory deprivation can kind sound can sound kind of intimidating or daunting. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, sensory deprivation. Yeah, Yeah. but oh, floating. Oh, do you want to go floating? It's a lot lighter. So that's what most people refer to it as. But if I'm talking to someone who's, uh, uh, I'm going to tell them about floating, hey, have you ever heard of this? And then then I'll say sensory deprivation tanks. And sometimes that, they've they've heard of that. Is your theme song, Come Sail Away? Um... (laughs) Come sail away, come sail away, come sail away with me. (laughs) Um, So why floating? Why? I mean, how did this happen to you? Well, let's actually talk about why people float, too. Um, And then I'll back up and give my story. But it's funny because the first question is, what is floating? And people are like, what are you talking about? You know, and then I go through it. I tell them everything I just told you, the foot of the water, the salt, the quiet, the dark. And then they kind of get it, and then I show them pictures, and I show them a video. They're like, oh, okay, I I get it now. And then why the heck would I ever want to do that? Why would I want to lay in a dark chamber of water for an hour? The two main reasons people come to floating is for, like, mental relaxation or meditation, and the other is, like, a a physical relaxation or recovery. So... um, it's most people is with the mental aspect. So, you know, they're, they're stressed out, they're anxious, or they're relatively calm people, and they have some sort of meditation practice, and they want to further that the stress and anxiety kind of comes with the stipulation that uh, people who have stress and anxiety are drawn to this because it helps. But the idea of it can also kind of cause stress and anxiety because it's a new experience. It's weird. I heard this thing was going to help, but I've never done it. And I'm kind of nervous. So we found that people who, same with the claustrophobia, who come to this experience with like high levels of anxiety, 
and maybe even read on the internet this helps with anxiety or their doctor or their therapist was like maybe prescribe this to them it's our job to help make them feel comfortable you know and myself and my staff included are all great and they're all very good at that and even for people who aren't nervous the, the first time you try anything new is can be a little weird but we found that once people just get that out of the way they feel rather comfortable then like i said there's this other sect of people who are like calm people and they're meditators and they really want to take it to the next level um maybe use it for visualization maybe having breathing practices certain meditations and then that's probably like honestly 80 percent of the people and the next 20 percent with is like with the physical so they're not worried about being stressed or like getting their meditation on they're just like my back hurts my muscles are sore i'm an athlete so the idea of being suspended in the water and like an anti-gravity situation your spine is able to decompress um your muscles are relaxing the salt is epsom salt which is magnesium sulfate so i'm sure a lot of listeners out there have heard of oh you know your grandma says that oh if you have a sprained ankle put some epsom salt in a in a in a foot bucket you know in what our I mean? tub yeah yeah um so yeah that's why it's popular for athletes too because they they use it for they'll use it for both they'll be like hey i'm you know trying to like visualize my three-point shot while also relax my back from, you know, getting fouled hard last game. Uh, so I'll, I'll name drop a couple people, some big floaters in the um, sports world. Steph Curry's a big floater. He's been on commercials and such. I'm pretty sure LeBron James gets in there. Tom Brady's a big floater. He's had his own personal tank at his house for years, ever since he started winning all those Super Bowls. I'm not saying there's a correlation. I'm just saying. Um, and it's funny with the Patriots. What I do know is that they were uh, they were keeping it on the DL for a while because they didn't. It, it's like a an edge for a competitive edge for these athletes that they're doing these things. But now a lot of sports teams have them in their own locker rooms. Like I know the Celtics have one, MLB, NFL, NBA. They all have like uh, float tanks in their locker rooms. Well, whatever the competitive advantage is, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely working. worth it to go for a float. Um, so we're already at our first break. Okay. I'm Tara Brewster. I'm here with my good friend, Stephen Bryla, the owner of Go With The Float, which is in East Hampton in the Keystone Building on Pleasant Street. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Stephen Bryla, who owns Go With The Flow in East Hampton, Massachusetts. We've been hearing all about floating and what it's like. I think it's great that on your website, which is helm.com, what is it? That's the booking software. Okay, so that's it's, the booking yeah, software that I go to all the yeah, time. It's um, GWT Float. www.gwtflow.com. Although we are working on, we're going to be switching the domain to the actual gowiththeflow.com soon, which is exciting. Nice. But if you don't remember all of that, just search Go With The Float East Hampton Mass and you'll find it. Correct. Yes, that's correct. Um, I love that on your website, thank you for letting all of us know what it is. 
is there's an actual tour and a really great tutorial about what it's like and what the experience is like at your center. Mm. Um, so if people really want to get a further visual, that's a really great visual to be able to go there and check it out. Yeah, I point people to that all the time. Sometimes we get people coming into the center like looking, oh, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Can I see the tanks? And if uh, there's a chance that they're all full, uh, I just say, hey, you know, we have a really good depiction of that. Or people call on the phone, they want to see it. Have you checked out the website? And we actually did just um, shoot a new a video for all that. So shout out to my, shout out to my friend Mike Girardi and also um, Bill over at uh, in Holyoke who did our uh, at CDE Vision who just did our website. I just talked to him earlier. Good guy. So Thanks. yeah, we're really happy about the way our our, our new website's looking. And so for anyone interested in floating and more questions about the description I just gave. It is a good place to start because like Tara said, you can get a good visual and there's also a, an FAQ section that will point you in the right direction. So in our last segment, you were talking about flotation therapy as a wellness practice um, and how a lot of people go in there for a lot of different modalities. You know, are you seeing people once a week Twice a week? I mean, like, what is a, a regular floater coming in for? Like, is there, like, a frequency that you can kind of count on as a business owner to see, oh, I know Tara's going to come in once a month or once a quarter or whatever? Yeah, we see most of our regulars once a month. We have a membership set up for that. And within the membership, there's, like, um, perks to coming extra time. So we do have a couple people who will come, you know, once a week, uh, some people every other week. They're doing, uh, Dr. Justin Feinstein has been doing uh, research on floating. He's one of the few scientists that's been doing this in the States for the past um, decade or so. And he's really doubling down on this research, research right now, showing that it's helping people with uh, anxiety. And so for those people, he's recommending that they go once a week. And then for people who are, just need to kind of, aren't as extreme with their anxiety to once a month is a good check-in. It's just like a nice reset, you know? And the reason why I refer to it as health and wellness is because the way I see floating is kind of more than floating. I think what the world and what the Western world really needs right now is um, this whole mental space and checking out of this overstimulus. And so I think that what happened is back how yoga got so popular in the West that we're now starting to see that yoga is just beyond, you know, these poses. It's it's all encompassing. It's a way of life. It's a it's a um, it's a meditation too. So people in the West are starting to pick up on this meditation, and but they don't like it because it's like you oh, I'm gonna meditate right, and then you meditate for a couple of days, and you're like I don't like this. This is boring. I'm doing it wrong. And so I think that's where floating comes in. It's like a cheat code for this, which again, us Westerners are always looking for. What's the cheat code? What's the fast way? And through my limited experience with meditation and what the tank has done for me, it's like it really is the the cheat code is the word that comes to my mind is that it helps me reach these states that would take much more time and practice with a meditation practice because there is no there's there's no distractions. You know, the the main distraction being like the, the physical imbalance of the body trying to get situated as you're trying to calm your mind is a lot harder to do when your back is sore or when your leg is cramping up or for people who do have injuries 
one of our staff, his name is uh, Chris Wardlaw. He's a big time meditator and he just headed off for a 30 day silent retreat today. And so he's involved in the meditation community (laughs) and he is trying to tell these people about these float tank things. And he's like, you guys, like, this is unbelievable to what it could do for the meditation community because we can go so much deeper. But he's even hesitant, actually, to tell some of the people who have been doing it longer that they might. It's like too much of a cheat code. It's like that's not what meditation is about. Meditation is about feeling that pain in the back and sitting with that and going through it. But I'm good with that. Like I'll, I'll just, I'll, yeah, I'll pass on the I'll pain. I'll pass on that. Yeah. It, it was hilarious when you mentioned a 30 day silent retreat, yeah. Tara and I looked at each other like, you've got to be kidding me. There is no way I would be doing that. We have talking yeah. jobs. So. <laughs> yeah. When did you open? We opened just about exactly four years ago, the beginning of December in 2018. You were asking earlier kind of how I came to all this, which I'll circle back around to. My first float was about 15 years ago. I was going to school at UMass, and a friend brought it to my attention, and so I was just immediately interested. And so I'm searching on the Internet, where can I do something like this? I figured, oh, someone in Northampton's got to have a float tank, Amher, somewhere in the valley. Searching, nothing. So I went out to this place near Worcester, And shout out to the Crystalline Matrix. They were one of the first in the state that I know of offering floats to the public. But they weren't a float center per se. They just had um, this woman. She had one tank, you know, and she was they were doing other things. They were like kind of like crystal ladies, you know what I mean? Like massage, like crystal ladies. And they had this float tank. And so I went ladies. (laughs) (laughs) I got in and you know, no expectations. And I remember probably about 20 minutes in, well, 20 minutes in, I got the water in my eyes. So now my eyes are burning. I had to rinse that off. Another 20 minutes goes by. I'm just like, I, I'm like, I cannot believe I drove and paid money to do this. I'm like, this is stupid. I'm like, and I almost got out and I was like, you know what? I, I'm here. I'm in the water. I'm naked. Like I, I paid to do this. I might as well just wait till my time is up. And at the very end, I kind of just like dropped out for a minute and it was, it wasn't extremely profound, but it was profound to me in the time that this was, again, I was, I was only like 20 years old. I had no idea what mindfulness was, meditation, any of these things. And I reached a place of like, um, almost like this still point that I didn't know was accessible. I had never experienced that. And so then my, then my time was up and back then they didn't have the technology in this tank when your time was over. She just came in and just knocked on the door. And I was like, it was kind of startling. And I was like, whoa. And my first thought was like, (laughs) I want to do that again because I wanted to do it a longer time. And um, I was also thinking I wanted to get high before. (laughs) I was going to ask you about that. Now that cannabis is legal, does that figure in at all? Yes. So I've been going to these float conferences for the past like seven years. And that is always a topic of conversation and everyone's like hush hush about it. But now in most states it's legal. So guess what? We're all talking about it. And so there's two camps to it. One is like, so again, I was like a 20 year old pothead, UMass pothead. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, yeah, let's smoke weed. Um, but now I don't, I don't like to use the words better or worse, good or bad, but some of my, you know, I, I can have just as profound 
floats with with nothing is is what I'm saying. Um, but it can be helpful um, in in edibles too. And it's if to do that, it's good with longer floats. But for people that are interested, it's definitely worth a conversation. I tell people that you should be experienced in both if you ever want to combine them. So you want to have floated several times and also like, and then say if you're an experienced floater and you're like, okay, I've been floating, like I'm going to try, you know, I'm going to smoke weed for the first time and then I'll come in. It's like, nah, you should probably like get some experience <laughs> with that in your own personal world and then come back here and we can figure is that, that out. Is that on your FAQ? Like, and the FAQ it says you, you can't do anything. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's what I figured. Cause yeah. it's kind of, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking of as my former business owner. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. like nah. Yeah, so unfortunately because there's there's some um you know correlation with other substances in in the float industry because uh the found the the creator of the float tank his name was John Lilly. He this was back in the 50s and 60s and have you ever seen the movie Altered States? Either of you? No. Mm-mm. It's this. It was this movie in the seventies with William Hurst, and he's they, like the opening scene is like this um, vertical tank, and this guy's in it. And he has like a like a scuba like mask over his head, and he's breathing in through that. And that was like the original um, form of the float tank. Before, long story short, they just like uh, one this guy he met Glenn Perry was like, hey, why don't we just like float horizontally in salt water and so we'll be buoyant and so that was the advent of like this iteration of the tank but so john the movie was loosely based on him that movie and he was doing other substances in the tank and it was really interesting because he was doing science with it and he was an explorer of like very far ahead of his time he wasn't just like trying to get high and then the movie kind of spins off and he like ends up turning into some sort of like pro hominid ape man in the tank which is kind of like <laughs> it's like the sci-fi aspect to the movie um but so like people who you know maybe younger people they're like oh oh okay oh i saw this movie i want to do drugs in the tank it's like no Absolutely not. Yeah. You know, cannabis is one thing, but um, it's great sober, and that's kind of the point anyway. Well, I have some more questions about that when we um, come back after the break. Um, but you've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster. I'm here today with Stephen Bryla, who is the owner of Go With The Float in East Hampton on Pleasant Street. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster. My guest today is Stephen Bryla of Go With The Flow in East Hampton in the Keystone Building. For those of you who don't know, the Keystone Building is kind of right in between all of those mill buildings on Pleasant Street. You have Mill 180 after the Rotary and then the Keystone Building and then Eastworks. So for people that are like, where is that? Mm. Now you know where it is. Um, Insa's right there, too, for other mm-hmm. people that might know that specific uh, identifier or the Boylston rooms. Um, anyway, so Stephen, 
we were talking off uh, off uh, mic about some of the people that come in that might be using or, you know, like, have you ever had a crazy experience with anyone come into the tank and just you had to get them out or it was a big issue? The police had to come. Yeah, no, no, no police, no big issues. Like I mentioned before, I'm very involved in the flow industry and know people all over the country with centers. And I've I've heard some stories Um I, I have not, and I, like I was mentioning to you, uh, surprisingly, strangely enough, the, the biggest issue we've had of, um, the biggest drug issue we've had is the drug of alcohol and people coming in um, a bit buzzed. I've had to call some people out. Uh, sometimes I find out after their float, they said they were like agitated and hot and didn't feel good and come to find out they had, you know, four drinks at dinner. And I'm like, ah, it's not a good idea. Not only not a good idea. If I would have known that, I wouldn't have let yeah, you in. Yeah, I mean, that's like you probably shouldn't be around water if you've had a lot of alcohol. Yeah, right? so I mean, I'll, not a good I'll idea. share a story from another float center that I know the owners. And I and I met this person in Miami. I was down there a couple of weeks ago, and he was telling me what happened to him in Denver. And I'm like, oh, I know the owners of that center. And so he decided to use some substances before, which, you know, is not allowed and he said that by the time he got in there and into the room, he was so high that he got into the float tank water fully clothed. <laughs> that is not and a good idea. No. And so when his time was up, so he lasted the whole time. He floated the whole time fully clothed, just like having no idea what was going on, right? And then so when your time is up, the sound and lights come on. And he said he was it was so confusing. It was really hard for him to get out of the tank. And by the time he got out, obviously he had no dry clothes to change into. So he just steps into the lobby and the staff is just looking at him like, oh, man, like (laughs) (laughs) they knew immediately what was going on. And they're like, all right, it's okay." And they just kind of like, you know, helped him out and. So yeah, please don't do that. Yeah, anyone no, out there. don't don't do that. No. You want to have a first, good experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to be able to go back and yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you won't be welcome back either if you do anything like that. Yeah. So you talked about conferences. I've been to like seven float conferences, and I went to three actually before we even opened, and that was so instrumental in the opening of Go with the Float, because a lot of people will come in and. You know, from the, the room set up to how the showers are set up to our tanks to the hairdryer room and the tea and everything and the little books you can write. And everyone's like, oh, my God, you thought of everything. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I totally thought of everything. Um, but you go to these conferences and it's people who, you know, have either are also trying to open centers or who run centers. And it's just like, you know, you learn from each other and a lot of float centers are are set up the same way. The other thing that's really exciting in the float industry right now is, like I mentioned, um, Justin Feinstein earlier, the the scientist. He's been doing different research with the tanks off and on, and he even has um, a colleague who was like studying the effects of patients with um, anorexia nervosa, which I believe is like not curable, and they're finding really good results with the with the float tanks actually. But the most exciting news for me and for the float industry is what Justin's doing because he's um, doubling down, like I said, on that anxiety research. And so what he's currently doing, and you know, I wish I had a um, 
do you have like notes for these episodes after anything like that? Cause there's, I, I wish I would have, you know, I could have given him a shout out. He's looking for like donations for what, if you clinic, the float clinical wrote float research, Justin Feinstein, if you look it up and you guys want to donate, um, all my people out there who have loved ones or suffer from anxiety, cause this could really be paradigm shifting. He's trying to raise money in order to do a study that goes head to head with like benzos and SSRIs. And from his research, what he's found already is that the float tanks are equal to or greater than, than a lot of these prescription drugs. So if it's not going to get people off of these prescriptions, it's at least going to bring them way down. And so what he's hoping to implement is two things. One is that, you know, psychotherapists and talk therapists who have patients before they are prescribing them these harmful drugs, what they could first have them is prescribe them like a float prescription. And he wants he and he's like, if the drugs are going to be covered by insurance and the floating's working better than the drugs, then the floating should be covered by insurance. And so if that happens, there could be a huge boom in the float industry because now, you know, it's it's getting covered for people. I know like there's a lot of complications that comes with insurance and accepting insurance. And I've known some float centers that have like tried to get early in the game. And they're like, it's a nightmare, you know, but I think that could all. Um, well, it is American healthcare after all. <laughs> yes, yeah. The, back, so back to the West. <laughs> yeah. What was your buzzword you were just saying before the break? Um, the, oh, the fast track to the cheat code. Yeah. Yeah. More of that. So yeah, I mean, we'll see. We're all we're all we're all rooting for him. He's like a rock star at the float conferences. We're like, he gives a talk every year. Okay, how's it going, Justin? He's like, like the Tony Robbins. <laughs> yeah, of the he's float like, well, what the research <laughs> like, said. Here he comes. Like, yeah, his hair is like perma wet. No, his hair. <laughs> no, his hair is like he looks like a Justin like Feinstein. <laughs> he looks like the prototypical scientist. He has like it's like bald on the top with like hair around the sides, whatever that hairstyle is called, and it's like long, and he has the glasses, and he's always got like a dress shirt on. Um, oh, it's like the um, Back to the Future scientist. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully, you know, that'll go. That'll be great. I think that um, a world with more floating will just be a better world. And it sounds like corny and cliche, but <laughs> I really do. Well, I, I liked when you spoke previously about the therapists that were prescribing this to their patients. And I think it would be great if more people did it um, just generally speaking, but mm. I think, you know, there's a lot of relationships between pharmacies and doctors and, you know, yeah, it's so just there's, like yeah, there's kind conspiracy of... that the big pharma is like, doesn't want the, the, so big pharma is not funding this, um, <laughs> this research. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Neither yeah. is the government. Yeah. So go figure. So one other thought that I had was, um, is there a prescription or is there is there a movement towards people with the different disabilities um, going into the tanks, like people who maybe can't walk floating or having like a, a sensory experience in that way? Is there any? Not um, particularly. And it's it's funny you say that because I don't was I talking to you about this. I was talking to someone about the fact that like we get a lot of people who come in and they have like elderly parents that they're thinking of and they're like, oh, my God, this would be good, so good for my dad. And their dad's like 84 or whatever. And I'm like, oh, does he have any physical limitations? They're like, yeah, he probably wouldn't be able to get in and out of the tank. And it's like, 
I'm not trained. Our staff isn't trained to be able to do that. You're dealing with people who are like, you know, getting naked and like perhaps they could wear a bathing suit as an exception. But I think that like if this does break through and it becomes more accessible and there's more funded and go figure, perhaps there's even like maybe a little government assistance or insurance that there could be like, you know, nurses on staff to help elderly people in and out, uh, have someone in the room with them or have a, a camera on them while they float, like an infrared camera just to make sure everything is safe. So we're not quite at that part yet. So there are some some physical limitations. Um, we did have a young lady who came in with some autism and I don't know too much about it, but it seemed to be so her autism like it was almost like physical too it was like coming she like wasn't um like her mom helped her and everything and they were doing great and she um was getting good results and then we have one gentleman who comes in once a month who's has autism he lives on his own and um it seems to really help him so i just joined the board at riverside industries in east hampton and they serve about 150 people with different abilities or disabilities and possibilities or even places like that like getting their own float tank or like Mm -hmm. hospitals getting float tanks or putting float tanks in airports or just like float tanks everywhere (laughs) you know like that's the future we see in the industry and it's not this like competition thing where originally I had feared that like oh well you know western mass can only have one float center or we don't want lots of float centers in Massachusetts. And after going to conferences, that opinion quickly changed. Now I'm like, I want to see a float center in every town because the issue is not the other float center and competition. The issue is awareness. And so many people who don't even know what floating is still. And uh, those that do, they just, they're not educated enough to realize the benefits. So it's like, you know, when a couple of yoga fl- uh, centers popped up and it was like, oh, they were kind of full. And now there's one, like I said, in every town. Mm-hmm. So hopefully floating can get to that point yeah, someday. Yeah, that would be great. I would love to see a more holistic approach for people's health care. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster. My guest today is Stephen Bryla. What do you say when like you close the door to the room for people? Oh, we say see you on the other side. There you go. Yeah, We'll see you on the other side. We'll you be right back. It. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Stephen Bryla of Go With The Flow in East Hampton. I just, I absolutely love going in and visiting Stephen. Oftentimes I jump in the infrared sauna and read some papers. He probably hates it because he's got like a stack No, I actually love it (laughs) because let me tell you, I open the door and it just smells like fresh newspapers because the room gets so hot. And it's like that nice, Surprised like they haven't caught on fire <laughs> yet. I'll be like running out of the room, like oh my god. Sometimes I leave them in there. It's like a um, aromatherapy for the day. What's yeah. the infrared? Yeah. Sauna? yeah, so we also have a sauna echo with the flow, and I'm sure most people are familiar with a you know traditional sauna, which is basically like a a wooden small wooden room where you go in and and you sweat, and it's typically just some sort of heating unit that makes the temperatures typically in a traditional sauna from you know one sixty up to one eighty for your hardcore people in like Scandinavia, they'll even go you know one ninety 
pushing it where you can barely breathe, right? So the infrared sound is a different heating technology where um, when you look at the unit, there's these black panels around the outside and those are far infrared panels. And the idea is um, it's kind of like a con convection oven where it's just like heating <laughs> the air around you and like pushing through you rather than like this hot, hot temperature. So ours max out at 160, but it's nice because there's a digital um, like push button that Panel. you can, uh, yeah, that you can put it up or down. So even the hardcore people, like if we make a note and know to just have it hot for them so far, there's been no one who's like, it doesn't get hot enough. And no, it gets super hot. Yeah. Yeah. Cause what's nice too, is the sessions you can do longer. Our sessions are 40 minutes. If there's time, we give people a little more. And so yeah, you're going to be by after 40 minutes in a traditional sauna, like no way you're going to be 190 for 40 minutes. No. So, so why would someone want to do infrared sauna? Yeah, mainly it's just like a relaxation thing. It's obviously, or maybe not obviously, but it's a lot busier in the, in the colder months. So it's really just a nice way to warm up. Yeah. I mean, I love it because you go in there and you're instantly toasty. So it's freezing outside. You come in, you're freezing, yeah. you jump into the sauna, you have your 40 minutes or whatever. And then you're so hot that you don't even want to put on your winter yeah. coat or, or you can't get your clothes on yeah. you go outside, and then you go outside and you're like, ah, yeah, so you're good. like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah. yeah. So what a difference. Yeah. You park, you get out of your car. You're like, this is the worst. It's January. I'm in New England. And then the opposite, you come inside and you go back, you go back out and you're like, ah, this feels yeah, great. Yeah. It ain't so bad. Yeah. And it's, it's the fine. same weather. But so. speaking of cold in January yes. in New England, mm -hmm. I just heard a little story from you on the way in that you are cold plunging. Yes. I did a cold plunge this morning. I've done it for the past seven days. It's kind of my new year's thing. I got it for Christmas. I got like a big uh, trough, 110 gallon trough. So this is another burgeoning industry is the cold plunge industry. It's kind of started by this guy, Wim Hof, if anyone out there is familiar with Wim Hof, the ice man. And so they have these units you can buy that are a couple thousand dollars that are like self cooling and filtration. But I just bought the, the trough for, it was like a hundred bucks. Testing I, purposes. Yep. I got it Business at, right yeah, you can get them on the internet. I got it. Where'd I get it at? Tractor warehouse. And yeah, like I just a farm supply store. Farm supply yeah. store. I just filled it with water, no ice necessary in January. And uh, I did get a cover for it, just a piece of plywood to put over it. So like debris from outside doesn't animals. get in and animals, bird <laughs> birds are gonna try to get in there. <laughs> and so yeah, who, for anyone who's not familiar with this, the idea is um, it's kind of like what athletes will do after a uh, a game. I'm sure you've seen that. And there's a reason they're doing that. It's for like inflammation and immune support and muscle recovery. And the idea is you want to do this for at least two minutes. And it's going to be the longest two minutes of your day. And I like doing it in the morning because it just it wakes you up. It is like a mental conquest for the day. You know, the rest of your day is going to be much easier. And so there's mental and physical benefits to it. And if you just Google like what are the benefits of cold plunge. Um, yeah, I'm not just a crazy person. There's kind of, well, I guess I am, but there's a reason I'm doing it. It's not just for, you know, the excitement. There's, um, there's research. health, yeah, there's health benefits <laughs> is what I'm saying. And how cold is the water? The water I just measured it this morning was 40 degrees, but these cold tubs, like these, 
that these manufacturers are making now, they're cool because it's like I mentioned with the infrared sauna that we have, you can go in and pick your temperature digitally. So you could have it be, obviously 32 is going to be the coldest you can go before it turns into an ice cube. And then you can go anywhere. Like some people who, Joan's shivering right now, like maybe Joan, you could get in at like 60. You know what I mean? And oh, just no, like, I'm totally into it. I want to do it. Yeah, yeah. 40, 40, 40 and down is insane. And it's, um, it's literally painful and it doesn't get any easier. I mean, I don't know, maybe for some people it does, but every day for me, I'm like, oh my God, you're just in there and everything inside of you wants to get out and you just got to like breathe through it. Wim Hof has this whole like breathing technique you can do. So check out Wim Hof, um, check out the ice plunge. Like, Continuing to breathe, I think would be yeah, the, the yeah, goal exactly. for me. Yeah, it's like, hard. Yeah, it, it does get hard to breathe if you put it all the way because people get in and they go just like up to their chest. But the point is you're supposed to sink under so it's up to your chin. And that makes it harder to breathe because your lungs are like not working. <laughs> I like what you said earlier about it was actually painful like oh, on yeah. your skin. Yeah. Like physically painful. Especially the to hands and toes. Yeah. yeah. So some people keep their hands out of the water. So yeah, we're thinking about getting a cold plunge at the at the float. Um, it would be nice after the infrared yeah. sauna for well, sure. Well, we would put a sauna in that room too. Yeah. So you could go back and forth. It's called Fire and Ice, and it's getting very Ooh. popular in the float industry. Yeah. Fire and Ice. A lot of float centers have them now, so. I love it. Yeah. It's another song. Fire and Ice, yeah. yeah. There's got to be a Fire and Ice song. Ben Harper. Anyway. Oh. Yeah. It actually is. Yeah. Oh, and, oh, oh yeah. Okay. For sure. <laughs> um, so how many tanks do you actually have at the center? We have four. We opened with three, and we just got one last year making four. And then we have the infrared sauna. And we used to have massage, which we no longer offer, leaving us with that empty room in the back, which I've been looking to put just another sauna or perhaps the cold plunge, too, if we can uh, get enough good feedback from people that want to try that. Nice. Yeah. I mean, there isn't one in Western Mass, right? No, no. And so I want to say with the sauna, too, a lot of people will come in and do the sauna and the float. So we call it a flana, even though typically you do the sauna first it just sounds better than flana sounds better than be soap sauna and float float sauna <laughs> so it's a good way to like come in from the work day or from home and like relax in the sauna and then get into the tank and just like already be relaxed from hmm. the sauna i might need to try that combo next time that might be like the it's the missing the link yeah to your relaxed float because i you're feel still like i seeking. need something to like bring me down to like the yes okay I'm here, I'm present, and then to go deeper. Anyway, we have to say goodbye to each other. Okay, for now. For now. <laughs> for now. Um, Stephen, it's been really nice to talk to you. Go with the flow East Hampton. Everyone should check it out for the many reasons you said. And also, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Business West and Georgia Bryan. Really fabulous, giving us so much news and information throughout um, the weeks and the months, the years. Lots of events. 40 Under 40 is coming up. I can't wait to go to it. I'm really excited. Also, Difference Makers and finally, Greenfield Savings Bank, my employer, uh, 10 branches throughout Franklin and Hampshire County. Thomas Shaco is our CEO. He's really wonderful and fabulous. I'm so excited to be at a mutually held uh, financial institution. And that's it for us today. This is Tara Brewster. You're listening to the Western Mass Business Show. Thank you so much for listening and be well. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster. 
WHMP.